Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I'm very pleased to introduce you today to Sandra Berger. Sandra Berger is the CE Concierge. She founded Superior Seminar Solutions, a continuing education concierge company to provide solutions and support in all aspects of continuing education and meeting planning in the healthcare industry. Sandra graduated from The Ohio State University with an RDH and a BS in education. She worked clinically and with a dental study club for many years, then transitioned to a full-time corporate position. Sandra's entrepreneurial side was enhanced while attending Career Fusion. Inspired she wanted to start her own company, she's now the go-to resource for continuing education among her peers, working with individuals and companies of all sizes as their AGD PACE or ADA SERP concierge. She welcomes Smiles at Sea, Dental Hub 360, and the CE Exchange as some of her star clients. She is active in the New Jersey Dental Hygiene Association, serving as president, vice president, and speaker of the house, a state delegate, as well as various component positions. She's currently the state CE chairman and charter member of the ADHA Coding Ad Hoc Committee. Sandra co-authored the Cannabis Chairside Primer and has published articles in various journals received the Sunstar RDH Award of Distinction, the Francis D. Fleur Outstanding Service Award, and is a mentorship and beyond the operatorial alumni and proud due member. She has presented at such prestigious conferences as the Yankee Dental Meeting, Greater New York Dental Meeting, and RDH Under One Roof. She loves sharing her knowledge of time management, smoking cessation, electronic cigarettes, and medical marijuana, with the dental world. Sandra lives in New Jersey with her husband, Jonathan, and dogs, Chip and Wendy. She and Chip are certified therapy team visiting schools, libraries, nursing homes, and rehab centers. It is now my pleasure to bring you to my interview with Sandra Berga. Sandy, I am so excited to, to bring you on the show today. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me and for sharing your story. So without any further ado, if you'd love to tell the audience about your story, I'd be very thankful. Sure. I first got into dentistry because I fell and broke my two front teeth when I was in sixth grade. And I really wanted to figure out, I asked so many questions and they were, fortunately I had a great dentist and even greater hygienist who answered everything and went through endo and, and, you know, crown and bridge. And, and, and it was always very interesting to me. And I always wanted to go into healthcare. I thought I would be, you know, nurse or doctor or something. And my sister and I were at the beach one day, ran into a friend of hers from where we used to live. And they had both moved in their senior year of high school. So it was remarkable that we met at the Jersey Shore. And she started telling us about what she, my sister is six years older than I am. I was uh, um, going into my sophomore year in college, in high school. And she says that she just graduated as a dental hygienist. And my sister's like, oh, what's a dental hygienist? And she tells us, 
And both of us look at each other and it was like, this is what I was looking for. You know, it's, yeah. And I hemmed and hawed about physical therapy and nursing. And, and then it was like, oh, you know, oh my goodness. And so the next summer, my, my sister, who fortunately has been um, a good friend, uh, went away to, went to visit a friend of hers at Ohio State. And she came back application in hand and said, here, it's the best place in the world. They have a dental hygiene program. And so I ended up in, in dental hygiene at Ohio State. You mean the Ohio State? The Ohio State <laughs> University. I know you have to say the Ohio. Now State. it wasn't that when I was there, but and then I, I can I say uh, ironically, I was at a um, uh, what's called a shiva call in the Jewish religion. You, after after a funeral, you go visit the people, and the family is pretty religious. So the women and the men were separated, and I was in the kitchen with the the wife of whose father had died and she introduced me to a friend we started talking and I told her you know that I grew up in Plainfield but I uh, or that like my family grew up in Plainfield but I really grew up in Freehold because we moved my sister was a senior she goes oh wow I was a senior in Plainfield and moved also and so I asked her what her name was and it was the woman who I met on the beach Oh my goodness. You're kidding. I looked at her and I said, you're a dental hygienist, aren't you? And she looks at me, she goes, and she knew my sister. She had remembered my sister and she goes, yeah, why? I said, you you probably don't remember this, but I met you on, on Brant Avenue beach right before my 10th grade, you had just graduated and I became a hygienist because of you. Oh my gosh, what a great story. You know, it was really great because I had always wanted to, you know, find her and tell her, but they, you know, weren't really friends. And I definitely made her day. Oh, I bet you did. You know, we don't know, and we so all, all of us underestimate our impact on the world. And that one person just saying the right thing at the right time affected your whole life. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, so many... My kids, when they were trying to figure out what to do and stuff, they, they would always look back and say, well, but, you know, from 10th grade, you knew what you wanted to do and you're still, you know, you've changed a little bit, but you're still doing it. And not many people get that. I know. It's really, it's, I feel very blessed because I was young too when I, when I realized what I wanted to do. So you, did you practice dental hygiene for a long time? I did. I, um, I practiced in a for most of my career, I practiced in a pediatric office, um, like two and a half days a week, and then a general dentist two days a week. I did a maternity leave in the pediatric office. And when the woman came back, you know, I told him I needed, I needed full time. So he said, what if I find you another job? So I, so he found me the general office. So I was able to share the two and they were very close friends. And then after um, my second child, I decided that I needed to, you know, not work quite as much. And I ended up working in the general office and I, I worked for him for 27 years. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. In the same office. And I still 
and he still does my dentistry and well the office does my dentistry he's kind of is he retired probably he's going to retire probably this year oh it's always so sad when when you come to the end of your career because you know having sold my practice i i you know, I miss so many of the patients and so many of the interactions. And every once in a while, it's so funny because you'll have a thought about somebody or remember a, a wonderful thing about somebody and, oh, remember that patient? And, you know, I, I keep in touch with my staff all the time. So, you know, we're always in touch. And occasionally they've run into patients out in the community and stuff. But, oh, my gosh, it's just it's a, it's a sad time when you go to retire. Yeah, it was a hard decision when I ended up leaving him, but but it was nice. And I do, I live in the same town, so I, I run into patients all the time. And I walk three times a week with the receptionist who's still there. And it was a great part of my That's life. That's awesome. So where did you go from there? After Mitchell, my second child was born, I just worked for the one office and then when my youngest was around five or six, I was working with my sister, who was um, very, very early entrepreneur. She had a computer when people, when they were, you know, smaller than your, than your iPhones are now. And uh, we learned mail merge and all this. And she did a, um, an online, kind of, kind of a mail order company. And she had also sold in a flea market, which I had worked in all through high school and college. And she got really big and wanted more of me. And I knew that I, I loved the academics of it and the, the administrative part and the computer part for sure, but I wasn't ready to give up dentistry. And so I looked for a job that was you know, coordinating and I could use my computer skills, but was still dentistry. And I became a coordinator for the Seattle, uh, Seattle study club. Oh my gosh. What a small world. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And that was, um, that was in 2001. And I remember one of my very first, so I started in like March. So my I created 2001, 2002 academic year. And one of my very first speakers was stuck in an airport in Wisconsin on September 11th uh, on his way here. And it was, you know, it, it was amazing, but, you know, to have to deal with that. And but it was great. The Seattle study club that I coordinated was the first branch and so we were, we were pretty established. I learned so much from that. And I made a lot of changes in there and in myself. And that's where I found my love for quality continuing education and, and quality events and, and meetings and how, you know, it's not hard to, to handle the details. Right. You just have to be focused on the details. Right. And how just a little tweak can, can make something so much better. And it's not all that much effort. So, so then that led you, um, you were there for 10 years, you said? 
I worked there for, for about 10 years. Um, and then I left, when I left there, I, I went and worked in a, it was kind of like, you know, and even when I was in high school, I would kind of get these like ideas, like, you know, I want to work in a movie theater. I want to work in this. And I would like write it down or, or it, imagine it. And these things would happen. So I thought, you know, I want to work in a, in a hospital dentistry program. Wow. So I worked, still working for Fred two days a week. I worked part-time in a, in a hospital residency program. And it was, it, it was amazingly different than what I thought it would be. And I, I'm not real good with like the politics of everything. And, you know, just let me do my job and I'll, I'll do it. So um, I started working for a hospital residency program. And I, I loved it, but it was very political. And I, you know, again, I learned a lot. And then a company was looking for full-time people and it was something I was really interested in. And I searched long and hard and decided to leave both clinical. That's when I left clinical. And I went to work for oral DNA. Oh, wow. I remember them. Yeah. And um, I learned a lot of the science and, um, and a lot of sales and realized I didn't love sales all that much. But, you know, it was, it was a great job. It was really interesting, innovative. It's funny because I had to have a COVID test a couple of weeks ago and they, I had the, sal- the um, saliva one and it was, you know, the woman was explaining it to me. And then I explained to her, you know, what, what I used to do and ended up teaching her a few things. So <laughs> I have no doubt. So that was great. But they ended up going out of business. Not, they're actually still in business, but they ended up restructuring and, and getting rid of all of their sales reps, clinical educators. And I, in New Jersey, I had 18 months of unemployment and you're allowed to create a business that as long as it doesn't equal the amount that you were getting for unemployment, and then you would have to go off unemployment. So I thought, you know, let me, let me try and help people with continuing education. And I had applied for AGD application and for ADA approval while I was a Seattle study club coordinator. And I knew how to write course descriptions and objectives. And I even did graphic design because I designed all the flyers. And so I started, you know, helping people do that. Yeah. And, and I loved it. And, and I didn't really advertise that much, but, you know, I did put it out there. I started doing a lot of booth representation, which was fun. You know, you go to greater New York and you um, stand behind a booth. I mean, to me, that was, I, I always wanted to be on the other side of the table when I was at the, at conventions. And then I found another opportunity that was really, um, I felt too good to, to pass up. And that was to Solution Reach was starting a medical division. And I, while I love dentistry, I have uh, two children that have gone through serious health issues. And I've navigated 
the medical system really, really well. I'm very proud of that. And so that to me was, it was more exciting was to be able to talk with physicians and, and um, orthopedists and that with that program, because I love the program. Um, and so I started that and a few months as I'm working there, I only worked for them for like four or five months. People were, were still calling me, you know, can you help me with this? And I need an application. What would you charge me to do an application? And, um, you know, I, can't, I don't have the time to do that. And so I would, so I was still working it and I found out I was going to be a grandma. Oh, my favorite thing. Yes. And I, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't really worked at my, at my business. I was worried about putting 150% into another company that might tear your heart out, you know, which has happened to me twice before. And I thought, why not, you know, do it in my own company? So I, so I left and started Superior Seminar Solutions. Wow. That's awesome. What a great story. You know, one of the things that, that I think you, you and I have touched on before is the amazing amount of opportunities there are when people just open up their eyes and see what the need is. So you're really good at assessing needs and seeing what, you know, what's out there that you might be able to fill as, a, as the void. Well, I like doing things that a lot of people don't like to do. You know, the, the behind the scenes person, I, you know, I see, it's funny because I see there was just a recent cover, uh, you know, all, all these women that were, you know, made a difference or something. And I'm thinking I have done everything that every one of those people, but I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I don't, I don't like being in the spotlight. I like being, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and then I, I like detail and organization. And that's um, difficult for some people. Oh, it is. It is. Definitely. But some people's minds just don't work like that. And obviously yours does. I think uh, in dentistry too, we love minutiae. We love the little things. And, you know, if you, you are a, a, a great in the dental field, most times you're really good with the minutiae and the details. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Great story. So you have done how many different roles? Cause I, I kind of lost count. You've done clinical hygiene. You've done event planning. You've done CE management. So for example, HD and, and ADA you've done sales. Yeah. I've done clinical education clinical education, and you've done hospital dentistry, which is a little bit different than traditional clinical dentistry. It is. That's like six different things. Good for you. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And, you know, it's nice because I, I never got to the point where um, I actually still have my license and, and insurance. And I subbed maybe a year and a half ago for someone and, and I, came back, you know, with my thumb hurting me and, and all that. But I, I never really got to that point while I was practicing clinically. You know, I just, I just transitioned because I was growing and it was something I, I wanted to do. It wasn't that I hated clinical, clinical and, and needed to get out. 
You know, I think you just made a very good um, choice of words. You are growing. And I think that that's what's necessary in order to see those opportunities is to have an open mindset that you're open to growth and you're open to maybe potentially doing other things. Mm -hmm. Um, You have taken all of this on and organized it all. What type of advice would you give any of the women out there, whether it's hygiene, whether it's assisting dentists, what kind of advice would you give them as a potential to navigate into being an entrepreneur? Get a business coach. (laughs) Sooner rather than later. (laughs) Since you and I share the same business coach, I can say with with 100% enthusiasm, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, you think that it's going to cost so much money. You're not making that much money, but it's, it's just like, you know, you, you would never become a professional ball player without hiring a coach when your kids were little and they weren't struggling in soccer. Did you, did you, you know, get them extra help? Yes. And so I, I, um, I would, that would be my one piece of advice is to, to get help, you know, and there's different levels. Do you have to hire your own? No, you you know, maybe not in the beginning, but it's, it's not as costly as you think it is. You know, even the small tweaks make such a difference. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. What is the single best piece of advice you've ever gotten? I think it's, it's that you have to, to, um, give it your all. And that if you, if you don't go for the win, you lose, you know, and it's not that you have to win at all times, but just to, to always try your best. Yeah. Push yourself. Absolutely. I think so, so many times people are afraid to launch into something like this because they're afraid of failing. And part, quite honestly, you know, I have failed at so many things prior to becoming successful that all those pieces lined up together, created the person I am today. So they were all very valuable learning experiences. And I don't know that I would be as successful today as if, if I hadn't gone through some of those failures. So I think they all teach you something. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because one thing that I learned very recently is um, from, from our business coach is, is that done is better than perfect. And that just goes against, you know, you're detailed, everything has to be perfect, went against everything that I ever learned. But I was struggling with my website and I had, I never finished it. And I was told, you know what, done is better than perfect. Just get it up and you can, you can, and, you know, not every situation would I agree, you know, that that's true, but this, this was a great piece of advice. Absolutely. Having recently struggled with my own website, I can tell you, okay, it's up. It's not perfect, but you have to, you know, and I haven't, I don't even know if I've looked at it since it's been up, but. I've looked at it. It looks good. It looks really good. So good for you. Who do you think has made the most impact on your life? Could be anyone. I mean, you know, early career or later on. And, and obviously you can't say Mark because you just did. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish I had been with him long enough because then I would have to say him. I would say the dentist that I worked for for, for 27 years. He 
is an amazing man. He's an average dentist. He, you know, he always understood my need to want CE even before I started working for Seattle. And he would let me go to any CE course, you know, encourage me to go, not let me, encourage me to go to any CE course. And I would come back with all these, you know, oh, we have to add xylitol, we have to do this. And, you know, he would, he would read anything I gave him and pick and choose what he, you know, what he wanted to, to do. And he, he would do things. He, every single day that I worked for him, he stopped what he was doing and said, thank you, Sandra. Uh, <laughs> Looked me, I mean, his wife went through, a, you know, a horrible battle with ovarian cancer. He would be on the phone with the doctors or with her and he would say, excuse me, stop what I'm, you know, and, and say that, uh, you know, say thank you. And he, he had a lot of, of outside interests that he, um, encouraged other people like we would go he would take us to some you know Ethiopian restaurant for dinner that you know I mean I I I traveled and was out but the other uh one woman that I worked with would never you know even go to probably for Chinese food if he hadn't done things like that so so I think in in my you know in my dental career uh, he he was part of it, and then actually, there's another person that I can't that I have to mention is um, Elijah Desmond. I um, I met him in maybe 2015 or 16. He was looking for someone to do his AGD application for his company, and we just you know clicked. I mean, he's younger than my oldest son, but it was you know we're we're I can be his mother when I need to, and I, and we're equals when when I don't need to be. And he's just a genius. And he uh, invited me as a mentor on something that he does called mentorship, which is a cruise. There's about twenty people, and I think I learned as a mentor, you know, more than the people there that were being mentored. And, uh, he, you know, he's just makes me crazy when he, you know, has no concept of time and will call me and get me this in two minutes. And, but he just has a drive and he, he pushes me and he has helped me with my own business moving, you know, moving forward. He'll help me with pricing and, you know, and he's just, for his age, he is just remarkable. I mean, for any age, he's remarkable. He's ahead of his time, I think, um, obviously, because I, I agree with you as, a, um, as somebody who's observed him over the last year. I just, he's not stopped. He has really developed a keen sense of what success is for him. And he's going full tilt. And don't get in his way because I, I, I think he's like a, the bulldozer, you know, like, come on, people, either you're with me or you're not because I'm going. And he's calmed down. I mean, when I first met him, I can't tell you, people would tell me, are you crazy or whatever? It's like, you know, but I saw it and, and he, he was young and he's, you know, he's now he just has the energy and more maturity and he's, he's great. 
yeah, the passion um, that he lives his life with is just pretty amazing. And uh, I too have benefited from some of his advice. And uh, so I'm going to say kudos also, because he's amazing. He gives without expecting anything back in return. And we need more Elijah Desmond's in this world for sure. Yeah, I agree. And he created a team that are, you know, five of my closest women friend that I will ever have, whether I stop working for them today or, you know, keep it. And so it's, it's, it's been very, very fun. Awesome. What kind of obstacles have you overcome in your, your lifetime? You know, is there anything that comes to mind as an obstacle that, that you've felt challenged with? Um, I am not an extrovert. Mm-hmm. And so dealing with the public is a struggle for me, you know, and being a business owner and the one who has to go out there and, oh, and this is what it, co-, you know, like, so those things are, are obstacles. And again, I didn't, you know, I went to leadership classes and, and, you know, had joined organizations, but I, I didn't hire the right people to really help me and realize that even though you might be a sole proprietor, you can't do it alone. So true. So true. You can't do it alone. You have absolutely have to have support without a doubt. You know, I would never know that about you uh, it, because I remember meeting you for the first time and I thought you were lovely and, and, you know, just very outgoing and, and made everybody on the trip very comfortable. So I, I, I'm actually surprised to know that about you. Yeah, I am. When I'm the hostess, you know, when I'm like, then I could, cause it's still about you. It's not about me. You know, if you, you know, need coffee or need this or something. Um, but when it's just about me, yeah, it's, I struggle, struggle with a that. little bit with that. Yeah. That's nice because that means you always have somebody else in mind, which is great. Right. Instead of, uh, I think so many times, you know, you've seen it, I've seen it, you know, self-absorbed people, you know, you don't get anything out of that relationship. And it's, it's kind of an empty feeling, right? You try to help, but you know, it's, it's, they have no sense of gratitude, no sense of um, uh, return, you know? So, yeah. So confidence wise, you know, one of the things I shared with you earlier is that, you know, I, I observe a lot of lack of confidence in females in our field. Confidence-wise, you seem very self-assured. You seem very, um, obviously, very smart. Did you always have um, a lot of confidence growing up, or was that something that that you acquired as time went on? Definitely something I acquired as time went on, and in, in stages. Um, I went. I live in New Jersey, so I went 550 miles away to school, which you know was. A big deal back then. Big deal back then, yeah. And especially because my sister and brother and father and mother all went to the same college, which is half an hour, and my husband, uh, which is half an hour away. So that instilled a little bit of confidence. And I wouldn't have considered myself a confident person until recently. But when I look back, there were times where you know, I, I had it because I worked in the pedal office and 
I mean, I was the one that was working. So you can't tell me what type of instrument to use if, if I don't like that instrument. And the other women in, in, it was a big office and there were, sometimes there were even three hygienists at a time and they would come to me and say, you know, Sam, we need new scalers. Can you, you know, can you ask him for them? Or they, you know, or, or, you know, the, the gauze that he ordered was horrible. Can you suggest this? And so I was always that person and I never felt like it was just confident. I just felt like I'm the one who's using it. It's, you know, why don't I get it? And then one day he, we would, this is back when they wrote checks. Um, he would write our checks on Friday afternoon and we would be done for the day and waiting around for him to write our checks <laughs> and, um, control, right? <laughs> yeah. And one day I had to be somewhere. And so I, you know, I, I said, you know what, I'll get my check on Monday. And he was like, he was floored truly and honestly didn't understand how I could leave and get it on Monday. And he, he never made me wait for my check again. He wrote my check at lunchtime, and, but he, you know, so, you know, as I look back, there were little things that show that, yes, I did have confidence, but it's, it's just really been, you know, pretty recent that I feel you know, like I can say, yes, I'm a confident person. And I think, I think a part of confidence is also knowing what you don't know. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and that, you know, there's so much that you need to learn. Well, and I think experience is a a great teacher, number one, but also, you know, recognizing is a huge thing, especially in dentistry, I think, because recognizing that you don't know enough about root canals so you shouldn't get into trouble with that molar endo by doing it just because you might need to fill a schedule or, you know, have a little bit of extra income because you always get into trouble during those things. So you have to know what to pick and choose and not go down those rabbit holes when you get tempted. Yes. And I would tell people, you know, like, oh, he always refers me out. And, you know, someone who doesn't refer out sometimes might be, might be afraid for other people to see their work, you know? So um, that, that's not a sign that they're not a good dentist. It's, it's a sign that they are when they, were, when they get nowhere their level of expertise is. Absolutely. Now, is there somebody in dentistry who inspires you today? You know, could be Elijah, but is there anybody else that, you, that comes to mind? There's, you're one of my, one of the inspirations. Oh, with all your, all your changing, um, John Stamper, you know, who's just, you know, knocking things out of the park and, you know, Ann Duffy, um, my, again, my smiles at C team, these guys are just, you know, there, there's nothing they can't do. You know, it's the same, you know, if, if, if they can't figure it out, they'll find someone to figure it out. And they're, they're, always positive, even when they're not positive. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a really nice atmosphere to be in. I love the fact that they don't take no for an answer that they're going to solve it. And, you know, there's no such thing as no, I I truly believe there's no such thing as impossible. 
And, you know, I know Elijah is just like that as well, but there is no such thing as impossible. We are all possible. And why not just go for it? Yeah. Figure it out, pivot, you know, it's, it's great. Absolutely. Is there one thing that people would be surprised to know about you? Maybe, you know, maybe the, the introvert, I think, you know, a lot of people would be surprised. Maybe the fact that I physically wrote a bucket list and and methodically working through it. Oh my gosh, that's a great one. (laughs) A lot of people know it though, but well, I add, I add a lot too. So there you go. Have you kept a running list your whole life? Mm-hmm. And actually, no, I started when I was um, in 2007. I won the, um, the Sunstar RDH Award of Distinction and became very good friends with Noelle Kelsch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she had had written it, written one and told me and also at one of our Seattle Study Club coordinator conferences there was a woman I can't remember her name but she wrote a book uh, write it down make it happen yes I love that book I've read it yeah and um and then Noelle you know added to that and so I so I did that you know and it's and it's good and I I, I didn't work really hard at it for for a while and then I lost my sister-in-law and decided, you know, this is crazy. I really have to do it. And then you forget again. And, you know, and then I, I actually, you know, lucked out because in January, February and March, I was away like almost every weekend. I went to three baseball games in Arizona. Um, I was, we were in Florida, we were in Omaha. So i would feel a lot worse about this pandemic if I hadn't ramped, ramped up my, um, my bucket list trying to fill it. Mm -hmm. Now, do you miss traveling? I do. Yeah. I miss traveling a lot. Me too. But we're, we're trying, we went to, um, Niagara Falls for the weekend. Oh, nice. And uh, it really, it was nice. There was, you know, only Northeast Americans <laughs> were there. <laughs> it wasn't crowded at all. It was my first time. And that was probably one of my first things I wrote on my bucket list. To go see Niagara To go to Falls. Niagara Falls. Um, I did go fly to see my grandchildren. Nice. You know, but no real, real fun trips. Mm-hmm. Any um, aha moments when you realize that you are doing exactly what you were meant to do? I have them all the time. (laughs) People that are on purpose with their lives have them all the time. Uh, That's what I have found anyway. Yeah. So um, a big part of my business is helping uh, companies become AGD or ADA approved providers. And the application is daunting. I do maybe six to 10 a year and I still have to haul myself up in, in, in a room, put the dogs in daycare, make sure my husband's home to take care of them and concentrate. And I just, you know, signed a new person on 
Monday. And when I'm writing back, it's like, it's still like exciting to me that yeah. now this company is now going to be able to, you know, to educate other people and, and give CE the right way. Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. What's your favorite way to manage stress? Um, reading. If, if I don't have a good book, I'm, I'm depressed and I can, um, I can read two or three books simultaneously. Wow. <laughs> I'm listening lately and I'm reading one and yeah, either that or walking my dogs. Both are great ways to, to release a little stress and get rid of a little of adrenaline that, that shouldn't be there. Absolutely. How about a personal motto or a mantra that you live by? It's even on my business cards. Attitude is everything. It is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, I have uh, a family member that suffers from depression. And I remember one time years ago, I said, you know, just, just try to, you know, think positive. And they turned to me and said, you know, if I could, I would. And that was just, you know, a, a pivot because I knew that how important it was and how much they needed help. But it, you know, it's really, you just take a spin. I mean, one of the women I work with, Dana Myers is, I mean, she will, you know, you could, you know, have your hand cut off and, you know, lose a hundred thousand dollars and she'll figure out, you know, well, you don't have to pay taxes on it. You need, and you need less rings, you know, like anything. And you know, like, we'll always say, you know, it's a Dana spin and, uh, you know, I love that. And, and I try to do that. Yeah. Amazing talent. Good for her. I, I know Dana uh, from the Smiles at Sea group and oh my gosh, she's an amazing person too. Absolutely. So I, I didn't always have that. I, um, it's funny because at the, at the mentorship um, cruise, we were um, lined up in the muster area. And uh, if anybody has been on a cruise, cause it's going to be different going forward, obviously, but they, they pack you in. There's like, you're, you're right next to each other and there's maybe 10 deep and they patrol you so that you can learn how to put a life, jacket on and where you're supposed to go. Nobody's listening. And one person took their phone out. And the guy that was in charge of our area, like almost literally dove to get this person to turn his, her phone off. And so we would talk and I would say, you know, that that's the muster guy. And I used to be that muster guy. You know, I would, was so detail oriented that I was unbendable. And it's nice not to be that rigid anymore and to find the, the attitude that makes it positive rather than negative and, you know, even fake it till you make it, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, not an easy thing to do to give up. I think it comes down to maybe a control thing, uh, because if you don't have people following the rules, you're not controlling the situation, right? And that's your responsibility is to control that. But you've obviously given that up a little bit, which makes you feel better. And everybody else feels better because of it too. Right. Or find different ways, you know, for people to follow the rules, not 
not your way. Exactly. Do you have a guilty pleasure or secret dream that you want to share with the audience? Um, my guilty pleasure is that I probably have ice cream every single day of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> and um, my secret dream, which again, isn't really all that secret, but is um, I plan on visiting every state I'm getting there and just, you know, travel anywhere that I, that I can can go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed sharing your story with the audience. It has been a pleasure to, to hear more about your background and who you are as a person. So I just want to say thank you so much, Sandy, for being with us. Thank you. This is a wonderful podcast and everybody's learning so much from it. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.